It's mm. good. I think we want to just kind of pan out now for the whole group, right? That's good. And that's a good song. I love. It's, it's a really good song. Actually, we're going to be playing that song, I think, on Sunday. Yep. Sunday morning. It's part of our, our Sunday morning set list coming up. Uh, we receive your rain, which I think is just kind of this metaphor, right, for just receiving God's grace, like God's grace just pouring out fresh and, and new on us. Um, so kind of want to go, I guess first just want to check in with you guys and, and see how you guys are, are, are doing. Um, you know, obviously right now is a moment too. You can take this second, you know, a few minutes here as we're talking and conversing. Um, if you have your Bible questions, you want to ask those, now's a good time. I've got my laptop open. Um, and so I'm monitoring that. So if you have Bible questions or questions about the Bible, uh, just about Christian living, uh, about being a dad, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, or, or just, you know, even Mother's Day. I mean, well, I guess that's a good question. Oh, we don't want to give that. I was going to say, hey, what do you got planned for mom on Mother's Day? <laughs> like, whoa, we got to keep that under wraps. Probably a lot of travel, spend lots of money. Oh, that's true. It's when true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, now we're on the record. It's like, what? what do you mean you forgot Mother's Day? Yeah. Like, it's on the record. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that was a little difficult. I was like, okay, how do we do this? I mean, I was really trying to think. How, normally here at Calvary San Juan, you know, we try to do like roses and things like that for all the moms or flowers. I think last year we did a bunch of chocolates and things like that. So this year, you know, me and my wife too were just kind of brainstorming, like, what do we do? Like, how does that, you know, work? It's definitely a, a different... Um, a way to celebrate. Uh, but you know, in some ways, it's going to be sweet because moms, you are going to be the center of attention this weekend because you know what? Kids cannot leave you for some little shenanigans that they had planned going somewhere. You know what I mean? It's all going to be about mom that day. And dads? Yeah. Your kid is not going to be bringing home a handcrafted item at school. Oh, that's true. Dad's got to step it up. Yeah, that's right. Like, if yeah. you didn't appreciate the teachers already. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know there's dads, thousands of dads everywhere yeah. were like, like, okay, they're going to make something at school and they're going to bring it so we're good, we're covered. Like, no, that's not how it works. Hey, and dads, just a little hint too, even though your wife is not your mom, she is the mom of your children. So you got to get on that train, okay? Don't, don't use that excuse to get out of it. Like, well, I'm going to do, take care of my mom. Okay, but your wife bore your children. So, so wait, at, what age, at what age though is that like? <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> Asking, you know. <laughs> when, when the kids can go out and earn their own money and they're working their own jobs, then I think maybe dads pull back. But I think if we're going to keep the good, you know, husband thing going, I think we should still kind of be in there. Makes you sense. should definitely still be in there. Yeah. For sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to mess that up. Yeah. So anyway, so we're looking at just checking on you guys, how you guys are doing. Um, you know, so we did talk, we talked about Mother's Day, so obviously we have some plans, planned, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, and then again, I'll just kind of pull away from this, but you know, tonight, as I've been thinking about it too, I'm looking at comments, so so far we've got no Bible questions yet, um, but one of the, the topics, just as we've been going, it's, it's kind of, I've just, again, been praying and, and just trying to listen to the Lord about what He would have us to share tonight. And it's cool, so far, so far so good that the Lord, I feel like, is, keeps giving me things, you know, for tonight. And, and again, as, I'm, as we're going, as we're now into two months now, into this whole COVID thing, you know, it's definitely becoming about, okay, this is a good opportunity to talk about some of the things that maybe we needed to talk, to, talk about for a long time. 
And, and one of those topics um, is friendships. And that, that's definitely the topic the Lord put on my heart for this evening, is to talk about uh, friendships, relationships, and so forth. And um, as I think about relationships, um, it's definitely a part of who we are. We were, we were made definitely to be relational beings. That's just how God intended it to be. Um, I've read this book for a long time. I've probably read it three or four times now over the years, and I forget where I, I first got it. I think it was at a pastor's conference years ago, and then I think we had Britt Merrick spoke at a pastor's conference in, in Seattle. Um, he's from a group of churches called Reality, and he uh, mentioned this book again, Ministry in the Image of God, and so I dug it out because I knew I had it, and man, it's just, I'm so glad I've read it. Uh, but in this book, there's a really good, there's a couple good quotes, I think, that kind of help us set up for this whole idea of relationships, friendships, that, that I think are very important. And so in this book, he's got a good quote uh, by a psychotherapist. His name is Larry Crabb. He, he wrote a paper, I think it was in 1997, about relationships, and especially the role of like psychology, therapy, things like that in, in the realm of relationships, healthy relationships. And this is what he said. He said, our greatest need is not for more Christian therapists and moralists, but for authentic Christian communities, communities where the heart of God is home, where the humble and wise learn to shepherd those on the path behind them, where trusting strugglers lock arms with others as together they journey on. Okay, one more time. I'll read it real quick without the emphasis. Um, he said, the greatest... The greatest need is not for more Christian therapists. And again, nothing against our Christian therapist friends, okay? But this is... God again, bless you guys. Yeah, God bless you guys, right? Okay, but he said that the greatest need is not for more of those guys, but for authentic Christian communities, communities where the heart of God is home, where the humble and wise learn to shepherd those on the path behind them, where trusting strugglers, and I like how he says that, trusting strugglers lock arms with others as together they journey on. Um, and I like that idea of you're already getting the sense of community that's required, I think, especially um, as we have our own friend groups and so forth. Um, but as I think about that, you know, this is, here's, here's this doctor, Larry Crabb, writing this. But when you look in the scriptures, you also see over and over just this picture of just God's heart for relationships. We were meant to be in relationship. We were meant to be in friendship. And I think maybe this topic has been slowly emerging because I think... I don't know how many times now I've mentioned the word koinonia and what that means. Um, and I know the first time we, I, I mentioned what it meant, we had a lot of like giggles and laughs, right, for us. Because it means, right, it's like social intercourse. Um, but the idea there it, from that, <laughs> but the idea from there, from it that. It doesn't sound any less weird the more you say it, just to be honest with you. But the picture is that is intimate relationships with people, yeah. right? More than just, you, we're moving beyond the surface, right? And you see that definitely um, pictured in the triunity of God, which, you know, even as I grew up in a certain religion, the, the triunity was definitely, the trinity of God was definitely this, this kind of this, un, this, I mean, not unholy, but this holy thing that was super mysterious and so forth. And, and there is definitely a mystery to it still, but even in the last five or six, seven, eight years, maybe, I would think, the, the Trinity has just become more alive because of what the Trinity depicts. And you have this picture of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit in relationship. And here's another quote, again, from Stephen Siemens and, and what he says about that. Um, 
in talking about relationship, um, he says, uh, let's see, it shapes our language about God to shape our hearts so we might share in the life of God. And so Jesus intercedes for his future disciples. And this is a famous prayer, right? In John chapter 17. I mean, if you read that, it's, this, it's all red letters. It's Jesus praying, right? It kind of goes deeper into well, the whole garden prayer time of what he was praying and who he was praying for. But in there, one of the lines comes from John 17, 21, where he says, As you, Father, are in me and I in you, they also may be in us. And then he says this, the Trinitarian circle of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is therefore an open, not a closed circle. Through faith in Christ, through baptism into the, into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we enter into the life of the Trinity and are graciously included as partners. And so once again, you have this beautiful depiction that we were made and created to be in relationship with one another. Um, and then here's just some, some really definitions of, of, of what a relationship or really when, when I type in the word relationship like even just doing a light Google search and then even just looking on Webster's Dictionary of 1828 not the more modern but I really love the old school one because it's a lot I think it's, it's way more rich and, and it kind of goes back to kind of a time where there's a little bit more purity in our words and our, in our behaviors and so forth so anyways just looking at some of the definitions there, listen to the definition of relationship, which basically it was like none. The, the word relationship really didn't pull up anything because it said basically it was a useless word. But the idea, that, that, but the word that it kept pointing to was friendship. That was the word that it kept pointing to. And so these are some definitions of friendships. Um, it's an attachment to a person proceeding from intimate acquaintance and a reciprocation of kind offices or from a favorable opinion of the amiable and respectable qualities of his mind, right? So there's, again, right there, to me, you see like that social intercourse of just, it's so much deeper than just like, oh, I mean, like today, right? We have social media. And so a lot of us now have thousands of friends and 5,000 friends. I mean, I just got a friend request from a friend. You have 5,000 friends? No, and I don't, right? But I, I got a friend request really from a friend. Digital and state. I, oh, it is pretty crazy. Uh, I got a friend request from a friend. I accepted it, but then it denied me. It says, this friend has reached his capacity of 5,000 friends. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm not going to be of the inner circle <laughs> on that friend. Right? Right? So... I mean, today, it, it, you know, it's almost like it's a glimpse. It's a shadow of what friendships used to be, right? And so here's another definition. True friendship is a noble and virtuous attachment springing from a pure source, a respect for worth or amiable qualities. And then biblically speaking, friendship can be characterized by intimacy, faithfulness, trust, unmotivated kindness, and service. And so I'm like, man, when we, when we talk about friendships in those terms and in those ways, I mean, I think our first thought is like, where are those friendships today? Like, where are those? Especially if we're looking at the context of the church, like, where are those friendships? And I think many of us are starving for those kinds of friendships. Yeah. Uh, this might be up your alley. Uh, 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 Greg. I was like, I didn't see who he because, pointed to. I'm I was sorry. like, oh no, yeah, Greg, I put, I put my head down. And yeah, yeah, because of the book of Ruth. I know the book of Ruth is, is, is that right? It's, it's a, it's, you love that book, right? But, but think about the, the, the relationship of Ruth and Naomi. I mean, what a great depiction. I mean, I mean, maybe describe for me in your own words, just kind of like, because I know you've 
I mean, that's where you get Boaz from, your son. And so I know you were in that book quite a bit, especially when you were getting married and so forth. So just describe to me, what was the thing that stood out to you about the book of Ruth and Naomi in that, in that context? With, between my, the, the relationship between Ruth and Naomi? Yeah. The, that this woman, um, this, this young woman, yeah. who, is, who is desirable as well, yeah. right, um, would give up everything in her home to go to an unknown place mm. with really no um, no comfortability, you know, no 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 um, positive outlook. Because yeah. uh, we we know that as they were traveling, Naomi actually renames herself Mara, which mm. means bitter, right? Because she she was just that, yeah. right? She was bitter at her circumstances. She'd lost her husband. She'd lost. Mm. Her sons, um, Oprah, I mean Orpa. 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 Orpa had said, oh yeah, I got your back. And then when push came to shove, she was like, you know what? I, I think I left something on the stove. I need to go back home. Yeah, see you later. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> that's, so, that's the, the Facebook friend. Okay, yeah, that's a Facebook. That, that's one of those 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just how she was that committed but really had no clue as to what mm. she was really getting into. Yeah. Other than she did know Naomi. Yeah. She knew her character. She, she, knew, she knew who her God was. Because yeah. she said that your God will be my God. Mm. Like there was some type of modeling done by Naomi to show Ruth mm. that, that there was genuine relationship between her and God. Yeah. Which, which she wanted. Ruth mm. wanted to, to have a piece of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they, they are a good example of what, you know, I think biblical, like what we've just been covering lightly, right? Like biblical relationships look like, right? I mean, that, that, that's, that's a good example of what that is. And she even, when they get there, she takes over for caretaking. Because mm. Naomi isn't able to go out into the field. Right. Because, you know, they didn't have a, a, a welfare system. Mm. They did, but it, it required actual physical labor to, to, to get product out of it. So yeah. uh, Ruth actually went out in the fields. That's where she meets Boaz. Right. And, and is gleaning, taking from the edge that yeah. is left so that people could have food if they went out yeah. and collected it. She, she went out and did that not only for herself, but for mm. her mother-in-law. Mm. And at one point, Naomi's even like, I don't know why you're doing this, because even if I have a son right now... No, yeah. It's, what are you going to do, wait 20 yeah, years before you can get married? You're going to be an older woman, and then yeah. you won't be able to have babies. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really a relationship that had no, um, no hope for any type of payback. Yeah. You know, or any, you know, long-term positive um, um, receiving other than mm. friendship. Yeah. I, I like that. I mean, I mean, when you're saying that, that's the thing that keeps coming to mind is, is sacrifice, right? Like she, this, this gal is sacrificing without any hope of or promise of, of getting anything in return, right? I mean, that was part of the, yeah, that was part of the definition, right? You are, it's uh, unmotivated kindness, right? There's no motivation. If I'm kind to you, I mean, sadly, a lot of relationships sometimes maybe in the work world or even in some marriages, right? Like, we're going to do this thing, especially like the modern marriage, right? Of just like, we're going to do this thing because us coming together is going to make us a force. 
um, for wealth and for future power couple. Yeah, the power couple, right? And yes. and for future retirement. I mean, this is good. I mean, I mean, and again, like it's like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun because isn't that how kingdoms were established? Like, I'm gonna get into relationship with this person because it benefits us as a whole, right? So, so that's a huge one. Another good example that I really like uh, of relationship friendships um, comes from First Samuel chapter 18, um, and it's the the relationship of David and Jonathan. Um, actually, Jonathan. But I was like Jonah. <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. I I, a really good friend of mine who still lives in San Antonio. Um, he would always joke that way. He would always say, uh, or, "Oh yeah." And so that this this gal has a question: what it what it's all about, whether social media or in person? Yeah, what it's all about. Okay, maybe I'm not sure if that's a question or not. But if that's you. It's a statement, okay, she's saying a statement. But anyways, so he would always joke. He would, he would call himself David, because that was his name, and then Jonathan. He would, you know, he would call us David and Jonathan. Um, but this is, you know, this is interesting, and, 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 and he, he may or may not be watching this, but we've talked about this, I think, already in the past, too, that, you know, when he was saying that, basically, it was a reflection of the relationship that we have. We were really good friends and good buddies, but there was also a part of me that was kind of broken because... Um, to me, that got uncomfortable. Like, you're, we're getting intimate. Like, and, and I say that in a very respectful way in the sense that relationships have always been hard for me, right? You're, you're pushing beyond just buddies because if I keep you at bay, then we're just good buddies. And it's good. But when stuff starts getting deep, then it starts getting a little awkward or weird. And maybe that's my own insecurity. You were made for coronavirus. You were made for six feet apart. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I think I'm going nuts and stuff. Yesterday was probably a testimony of that, I think. You know, yesterday was a little bit of a rough day for me yesterday. Uh, and I, let's, I, I can share it this way. It was a crazy day, and then to top it off, I'm making my dinner, which I had some salmon and all this stuff, and I'm going to go join Anna outside on our new balcony, I mean our new uh, table. Oh, no. And as I'm walking out the door, I just dropped the plate. Oh. I hit it, and, and there goes my sides, there goes my... I mean, I worked hard to make that salmon. and I, I mean, I worked hard to get all the kids' dinner ready so that me and Anna could have a COVID date outside on the, on the, on the deck. And it went crashing down. And so um, I grabbed my salmon and I threw it down. Because it, it, it's my salmon, because it landed in my hand. But all the sides and the sauce and everything, the sauteed vegetables that were on it, hit the ground. So it was just a naked piece of salmon. So I said, forget it. And I threw that down too. Just being honest. I was really ticked off, and so I went upstairs, and I'm like, okay, I think that was just the catalyst of, I hate this time right now. I want to be in friendship and relationship with people, and I realized that I was upstairs praying and just seeking the Lord, and I began reading the Word, and I'm like, okay, it wasn't about the salmon. It was about, I hate being alone. I mean, I'm not alone. I got my family, obviously, and and my kids, who I love, and it's been sweet, that time of, I mean, God is renewing relationships within my own family with my kids, and my wife, and that's been awesome. Um, but the body of Christ, the element of being in relationship with the body of Christ, that's wearing on me. I mean, that, that, that was really wearing on me. Um, but anyways, and so, it got, it, so that was just another like, yes, we need to talk about relationships. So it's just another thing that added to this whole thing. But here's the cool thing about 1 Samuel chapter 18 and, and with David and Jonathan. Um, look what, how they talk about each other. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul... The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And just a little background, we know that 
that Saul, King Saul, the first king of Israel, was very prideful and super jealous of the fame of King David, right? And so there was already that thing that was happening, you know, that rift, that tension. Um, but Jonathan, you know, David, I mean, Saul's son and David, man, they hit it off. They became really good friends. And you hear that because it says that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Right? And then you have other verses where it's repeated. Chapter 20 is repeated. 2 Samuel uh, chapter 1, where after the death of Saul and Jonathan, you have this song that David sings. And in that, he says his love for Jonathan surpassed that of even a woman. Now, I will have to say, because... That has been used over and over for this, like, see, look, this is why homosexuality is okay. Uh, and, and that's a whole different topic. But what it does is it just points to this dysfunction within our community, that in our culture, that, that if you're really, really good friends, intimate friends, whether it's the same sex or opposite sex, somehow sex has to in, become involved in the picture. Yeah. And, and that's just not the case. Right? There are people, I had a really good friend in high school who we were really, really good friends, and, and sometimes when her boyfriend um, didn't like the bands that we wanted to go see, me and her would go see it, go see the show together. And, you know, it was like literally like, go take Joe, you know? And, and to this day, you know, we had always just been friends. We were only friends. We were good friends, all three of us, and then up to the point where I could go see a show. Now, obviously, when we, me and my wife got married, you know, those really, they all changed, right? Because all those other relationships take a backseat to now the relationship that's between me and my wife. But it just shows that, that, that praise God, that by God's grace, that relationship just stayed a friendship. That's all it was. But what it does is it just shows me that, that in the big picture, um, and especially now when, when, you, when you bring God into that picture, that we were made to be in relationship. And sometimes there's really good friendships, and especially friendships of the same sex that, that really can become intimate and they can remain pure and holy. They, they don't have to involve sex because that's just, again, part of the breakdown of our culture, right? And then maybe in some ways, and maybe you guys can agree with this or not, but maybe just some ways, just between guys, like that just gets weird because we're men and, and we don't have relationships like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think that that, and there's been plenty of books written about it. Yeah. Really um, discussing and, and just diving into the, I'll talk louder, Dusty. I can see you fidgeting with the knobs because I'm talking too quiet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be more manly. Also, could fellow man friend, could you fill up my coffee again? Or just bring the coffee to me? I don't know. I just drink so much of it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, anyways. Uh, yes. About it. Men. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that um, I think that most guys are just scared of, of being too open and honest and, mm. and intimacy and um, and so <laughs> I don't I you know I don't fit that criteria so I've never I've, honestly I just don't yeah. that's not been an issue for me but um, I certainly have, have mm. been around a lot of guys where it is you know they're not mm. quite sure they're not quite sure how to interact they're not quite sure how to bond in a way where they feel uh, safe. 
yeah. I guess. It feels too vulnerable. Um, exactly. And it's a shame. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, there's, yeah. it's a bummer because you can't really, I, you've got to be open and transparent, I mm. think, in relationships and be willing to get hurt yeah. in order to love in the fullest possible way. Yeah. But most guys would get like, well, I don't want to love. And yeah. like, so that's why then we arm wrestle or why we get into fights or why brothers will just wrestle on the ground all day long, right? Because that's just way easier to yeah. do, you know? I can tell you, who, hey, the guy's not winning points with me right now. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny that this pops into my mind. Hopefully my wife's not watching. But vulnerability, I mean, that, that's been a tough one for me since pre-Christ by far. Right? Like, like, I can remember when I was a kid, if I slept mm. on my back, I felt vulnerable that someone was going to get my neck. So I would sleep with my hand on my neck and yeah. then my hand like this to guard everything, right? Like, vulnerability is not something that feels natural for me. And um, Thank you. To, the, to the point where, so when I watch chick flicks, yeah. I cry. You cry. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a cry. Have you seen the new I, Little Women? I know I have. It's so good. Because I avoid them because when I do cry, my wife is like, oh, and they have like this thing that they do where, where she takes my the Thanks. collar of my Thank shirt you. and wipes my ear like there's water Thank coming you. out of my ear or something. <laughs> I don't know. She teases me. That's like, funny. And so I don't like to watch Netflix because being, I, get emotional. I, I get emotional. And you know what? <clears throat> Emotions happen. So, yeah. you know, but it just shows how hardwired I am. I don't know about anyone else, yeah. but how hardwired I am that when that happens, when I get vulnerable, mm. that, that, there, that it's bad. Like, yeah. I, I, I have this, this feeling inside, like, I got to cover up. Almost, yeah. almost like in Eden, in the, the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah. When, when they first taste the, the fruit. Right. And it says that, that, that they felt that they knew that they were naked and they went and covered themselves with fig leaves. Which, yeah. you know, a fig leaf is like this big. Like, it's a it, lot of, fig of, of all the things, they could have went banana leaf. That would have been. <laughs> Maybe it was a healthy garden. Maybe the fig leaves are really good. Really big. It's I, pre the flood. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> pre flood, the pre flood fig leaf is, yeah. is large. Who knows? I don't know. No. But that picture is still there of just yeah. the covering up and, and, and the, the fear of being <clears throat> naked and open, mm-hmm. you know, which, again, that's part of the fall. I mean, I think all the way us, especially as guys, um, and then, oh, this would have been a great, for, you know, great time to have a woman in here as well. Totally. You know, on relationships yeah. and whatnot. She's like, oh, too bad. I'm behind the camera. Um, but anyways, you know, because I think about that, you know, that's part of the fall, too, that fear, intimacy, and so forth. Right. Here's some good Proverbs on friendships. Uh, Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I like that. that that's, a, that's a really good one. Um, and then Proverbs 27, verse 6, and this one has been good because I've had friends over the years who are like this. Uh, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Um, and yeah, I've definitely, I've had several guys in my life, men in my life who over the years have, have been really good friends and I have fun with them and, and, you know, we, we do stuff together, enjoy their, their, uh, their fellowship, but a couple of times have had to talk to me and be like, you know what, I'm listening to you right now. And that sounds like your flesh, you know, that sounds like 
that's your own selfish motives. And I've been like, oh, it's good. And you know what? We're deeper friends because of it. Because, you know, those are those times, I think, when friendships go deeper. You know, when you're willing to risk uh, um, uh, hurting your, friend, your, your, your friend's feelings. I think whether guy or girl, right? Knowing that you care that much more about them. And that you're willing to risk that, so that there's there's an intimacy, there's a there's a friendship there that's, that connects, uh, which then leads me to, to this, um, and just some more questions to kind of to think about as we think about. So you know, all that being said, and I think we've looked at, I think kind of like a, uh, I don't know, uh, I, I guess a psychologist's point of view on friendship. You know, when I think of Larry Crabb, um, I think of what you know Stephen Seaman said in his book. Um, you know, and again, this is just, again, touching the tip of the iceberg of what friendships are, biblically speaking, when you see the example of Ruth and Naomi, uh, David and Samuel, when I think of even like the circle of friends of Jesus with the disciples, um, the friendships that were there, and especially that, I love that, because it's such a picture of unlikely people becoming friends, right, which happens, which is that, that picture has continued on into the church because more than likely even like us three are probably examples of, of that you know where you come from in eastern washington and where you've grown up here on the island where i grew up in san Antonio, texas and so you take these three guys and now they're really good friends i think of even my own wife who grew up on the on the west coast who i grew up in the south you know and here we are together and so i mean you know when i think of the 12 disciples i mean over and over you see that throughout the church and even today the church right now when you see that, too, with Paul in the last chapter of Romans, yeah. as he is um, speaking to and, and basically, you know, a hello to mm. these people that are very dear to yeah. him. That, uh, would, and, and these relationships have all been built around you know, growing the kingdom, which mm. I think is it's just really sweet. It shows, too, like, the, even in the mission field, uh, all the diversity gets to be brought into this unified state mm-hmm. because of Christ. Yeah. Oh, think about this another, for another point of controversy, right? Where the world just can't handle people being good friendship, being good friends, right? Mm-hmm. One of them was made into a movie. When you think of the relationship of Jesus and Mary, Mary and Martha, and how like, oh yeah, so so what was it? The Da Vinci oh, Code, you know, and there's this whole conspiracy of Jesus having a baby with Mary and all this because our world, our fallen world, can't handle this fact that people are made for relationships and it doesn't have to turn. I mean, right away, again, we want to attach sex to it. They can't be that close and not have sex, right? And that's, I think, our fallen perspective, right? Where we just have a skewed version, one, of sexuality. But again, that, that leads to a whole other topic. But, it ha- but, but more than anything for this topic, it leads to a skewed version of what healthy relationships look like, right? That that just can't, you can't just be friends with somebody and then something not happen. And, and to me, that's just such a false economy of, of just, of how the world looks at relationships, right? And so, so questions for you guys, so we can think about this more. So, so in, in relationships, what do you think then constitutes a good relationship or, or I could say maybe a healthy relationship? No, this is good for sure. I, I, have a lot of I mean, I think you know, when, it, when I was thinking about friendships, relationships, I just keep actually thinking about what we talked about last week, which was love mm. and how you receive love and how you then give that back out. And I think in any healthy relationship, 
whether it's a close friend or it's an acquaintance, there has to be honesty. Um, and I think there has to be a, a self-sacrificial nature attached to it. Um, I mean, I think we've all had relationships where uh, one person is willing to give a little bit more than the other, or one person is a giver and the other is a taker, and, and y you can only go so far. Those relationships don't last very long. Mm. So. Mm. That's cool. What do you think, Greg? What constitutes a good or just a healthy relationship? You know, I, I think also um, time. Mm. You know, not just spending time, but, but you know, there's, there's people that, that are acquaintances mm. that, that you see and you shake hands and you have no ill feelings for. But there's other friends that you can sit in a room and not say anything, right? And not feel weird or, you know, you can mm. just, you're, you're just there with it. The, the, the guys that can swing by, you're not worried if the house is picked up, mm. you know, because it's just a joy to be around them. You know, you, you identify. Mm. So I don't know how to, it, it's one of those um, relational Ideals that's really hard to put into words, like mm. what constitutes friendship. <clears throat> yeah. Because there's so many dynamics, and even like and, the friendship, and, and it's different. Every every relationship's totally different. Like the friendship yeah. that I have between me and you is is different than even between me and Brian. You know, and it's not any less or any more. It's just it's different. Mm. You know, and I have I have um, lot. I, you know, I was thinking this week. Of, you know, at first, this whole COVID thing, lockdown, house arrest, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I was like, you know, this, this stinks. I, I wasn't down, down with it. Um, but I, I, I obeyed, right? And then I realized, like, probably last week, that, that there's a lot of friends that I haven't even reached out to. Mm. Friends mm. that I would have seen, friends that I would have spoke to, whether I was it was at the store or not. Now you don't even know who you're talking to at the store half the time. <laughs> you can't recognize them. <laughs> it's like that dude Wilson in Home Improvements. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, so the whole thing just feels weird. So I started reaching out through through telephone calls, through mm. Messenger, yeah, through good. texting. Just to, and if I haven't yet, that doesn't mean you're not my friend. Yeah. But, you know, just because the, those, those relationships, I want to do something to keep them kindled, if you yeah. will. Yeah, yeah. Like, like to, to let them know that, that I'm remembering you. And the, the verse that kind of spawned that is in, in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verse 3, that says, Blessed be the Lord and Father mm. of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Mm. And it's speaking of a friendship that's so deep that we went through a suffering so that we could help one of our friends that is going to go through that suffering. Yeah. You know, when you were reading earlier about, you know, kind of people that are coming up behind you. Behind you isn't that you're like some kind kind of spiritual high ground. Right. And you're already there, and they need yeah. to catch up. Yeah. The 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 idea there is that 
that you went through a, a troubled time and you're able to speak wisdom and insight mm. into their lives having gone through that thing to help them get through to the other side with less pain than you mm. experienced. So, and, and I don't know how to put that into words, but that's friendship. Right. Like being willing to, to go first in, through a fire so that you can help your brother get through to the other side of that fire without yeah. getting burned as much. Yeah. So, however you put that into words. Yeah, that, that's good. So, uh, I mean, I guess it goes like both ways, right? Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's like reciprocating like interaction, right? It's, it's, sure. it's like going back and forth. Right? And I think like, you know, the question was what constitutes not just relationships, but a, but a good relationship or healthy friendships. Right. And I think there's elements of love. There's elements of sacrifice. Right. There's elements of, of, of wanting to reach out, you know, and I and I and same here with that. I mean, there's a lot of relationships that, you know, especially during this time, you really realize like, man, those are those are relationships that that we just kind of took for granted. Right. And so it's really made you, you know, reach out. And I, I've gotten busier this week, too. And there's a lot of people I haven't reached out to in a while. Um, and so, yeah, sorry for that as well. Um, but. But there's relationships, too, that I'm thinking about that I'm like, oh, I've totally spaced on reaching out to that person, you know, for sure. Uh, but definitely that going back and forth, that's a huge one. Um, and maybe this one, too. This, this, this kind of ties in a little bit. But so friendship, does it have to be believer to believer or a follower of Jesus to a follower of Jesus only? And if not, um, because there's going to be spiritual differences, right, when we have friends who are not necessarily followers of Jesus, Right? What are some good qualities to, to look out for, I guess you could say? Because I think even sometimes, even between believers, sometimes relationships are not good. Sometimes they're toxic. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so I guess the first part, do they have to be believer to believer? Or, or, or you know, not to use Christianese, right? But to be someone who's following Jesus and someone who's not. No. And, and I would say that there can be a temptation to only be close with believers. And I personally think that's really, really dangerous. Hmm. And the reason is, is you just took um, the mission field and, and you, not that people, not that you should go into relationships with an agenda. I think, right. and I, I don't, I don't buy that even as a Christian to befriend yeah. like a non-Christian. Um, but you suddenly like wiped away all the people who could get close enough to you to actually see the difference in your life. Um, I think there is tremendous wisdom on having close Christian friends so that you can grow together mm -hmm. and you have that Christian perspective. Um, but no, I, I, I very much think it's dangerous to not have friends who are not Christians. I think it creates a bubble that doesn't feel very missional to me. Mm. Um, that's just my opinion. I, people, I know people who have a very different opinion on that. Well, I think um, that's good because wasn't that one of the things that Jesus was accused of? Mm -hmm. Being a friend to sinners. You know, that they hated yeah. about him. Yeah. You I, know, he sits with tax collectors and drunkards. Now, obviously, there's scripture makes it very clear. There's a line when like when it when it comes to like marital relationships. I mean, that's like a very deep. You're becoming one with someone. 
with someone else, right? I mean, you become one flesh. And so I think there is a line when it comes to like the marriage relationship, right? You want to be believers, both following Jesus or, yeah, or sure. both not following Jesus. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's this oneness that happens there. Um, but at the, I think at the same time, I think whether it's, you know, a Christian and a Christian or a Christian and non-Christian, I do think just like in the sense of what we've been talking about already, I mean, there is definitely good qualities to look out for and bad qualities. I mean, you don't want to have friends who are not believers who are then just toxic. Well, and there are friends who are believers who are, who are awful people. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to be like... Yeah, no, you, I get you, it. Yeah. You know, the reality is, is that heaven is going to be full of people that you cannot stand, <laughs> that do not have the characteristics that you would want your children to model. At least here on earth. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> and hell truly will be full of the most amazing, loving, compassionate people who didn't surrender their life to Christ. Yeah. It's not... Some hard realities. It, it is, yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, they, there are plenty of people who don't know Christ who have the most amazing, amazing relationships because they've surrounded themselves with people of great character. Mm. Um, so, you know... It, but I, I think that, yes, that I think mm. the believers, we want to sharpen yeah. each other, we want to encourage each other, but we don't want to live in a bubble. Mm. It, to, to add just a little thing to that, I also think it's something that within our culture it is being pushed in, in some ways that, that we, sh- we should only hang out with people that agree with us. Yeah, that, that's that, right. that we should never <clears throat> be challenged, that we shouldn't be put in a place where we have to have a discussion with someone that disagrees with right. us, right? And, and heaven forbid we do that face-to-face and not online. Yeah. Mm. I, I, think, I think by having friends that maybe you don't agree with, you respect, right? You have that, that inward respect for them, and you respect their, 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 their opinion, right. but you don't agree with there's something about having a conversation with them and, and being able to then have dinner with them, even though in the conversation you did not agree, you disagreed, but, but you, you didn't have ill feelings towards them. Yeah. And, and I think that, that being able to, to discern that and be able to do that it is something that having, well, I mean, obviously you can have discussions about all kinds of stuff within Christianity and not sure. agree. But, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's sure. yeah, 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 giving right. more disagreement yeah, in the church you, than outside of it. You can do that within yeah. within the body of Christ, but I think there's something to be said about doing it outside, because if all we do is hang out with believers, then the whole idea of discipleship or 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 finding new disciples yeah. goes out the door because yeah. you're just kind of regurgitating the current Christians and they go from church to church yeah. Yeah. and you never really grow yeah. um, spiritually or, or even numerically within the church. Yeah, and I, have to, and I think you said a little bit too, but, but you have to be careful about agendas. Like, I'm going to be friends with the world just so that I can yeah. so convert them, right? And I knew a lady years and years ago, like that was her deal. It was, it was a really weird thing. She was like this lady, I used to work in the promotional products world um, and she was just one of those gals, like, in that world that I would run across at, that I met over time. Just more of an acquaintance. But she was a, a Christian. And it seemed like every time I saw her, her thing was like, got another believer, got another I mean, it, she was just like, like, you know, converting people was just like putting notches on her belt. Right? And, and that was just so weird to me. But I think that genuinely speaking, right, I mean, yes, yes, our heart is to see the lost saved, for sure. And we want people to come to know the love of Jesus Christ. 
But I think the, the, the other part of that too is that we just want to know people so that whether they're believers or not, they can experience what genuine love looks like. And, and unfortunately and sadly, yeah, they may never come to faith in Christ, um, but what, what an opportunity just to love people on just because that's just the heart of God, that God just loves people yeah. regardless of where you're coming. Them. Yeah, he created, he created them. them. He loves them. Like, like, They're made in his image. That's all the yeah. justification yeah. you need to embrace people yeah. who may never agree with you. Yeah. And that is a huge, I think, downplay, I think, for the church that, that we've, I mean, I think hypocritically have Christianized everything, right? I mean, don't listen yeah. to... Only listen to Christian music. Only listen to, to watch Christian movies, and only talk to Christian people. Um, but then, even that side is not pure, right? Because those same people all then are like, I mean, where do you draw the line, right? I mean, you're only going to buy Christian underwear now, and only buy Christian shampoo, you know, or whatever the case would be. Yeah. It's like no, you know. And so then we seclude ourselves, and then we're always at the church building. And again, I love gathering with the church. I love being here on Sunday with the fellowship with the body but then if the other flip side is that that we're always at the church building that we never are in our communities we're never interacting with the world we're never we become these weird like like sanitized like weird christian people we're wearing christian t-shirts and bumper stickers and all these things and and and, and then we don't even know how to interact with these people who are hurting and broken and who don't know the love of Jesus yet, but they're still genuine people who need hope and who need love, and we don't know how to interact with them anymore because we've just, we've kind of like Christianized all our friendships and so forth. And, and I'll be honest, like, at least the people in my life who are not Christians want absolutely nothing to do with that. They might be interested in Jesus. Uh, they're not interested in, like, a club. They're not interested in listening to different music. Or buying Christian underwear, if that's what this is about. Yeah. So you, you, man, I mean, you yourself can't make that what it's about. Because if it is for you, that's what you're going to be, if you even leave the church walls, yeah. that's what you're going to be putting out there. Yeah. And people want relationships. Yeah. They want relationships. They want to know that like what you say you believe um, has actually transformed your life. And how are you supposed to show that if you're not around people? Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah that's you huge. Want the, the used car salesman. No, no one wants to be no. sold. Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. don't sell me. Yeah. I don't want to be sold by that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, no, no thank you. That. I, no. I am in retail, and that makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Like, I hate that. If any, no, man, yeah. don't do that. Like, yeah. I know you've got an agenda. Like, yeah. I know how it Tell works. <laughs> Let me make up my own mind and be there to inform me on the stuff I show interest in. That's good, because then I think, you know, we can add another, like, definition to the word friendship, and I think that's authenticity, yeah. right? We want authenticity, because we all live in a fallen world, and it's not a respecter of persons, you know, like, like trials, and heartache, and tribulation, and COVID, especially that, right? It do, it's not a respecter of persons. It doesn't care whether you're a believer or not. Right, it's just we're going through hard times, and so people want genuine, real relationships. And then I think that even speaks to the thing of like qualities, right? We're looking for good qualities in people, not perfect qualities, right? Because I love that that quote from earlier from Steve Larry Crabb. He said, "Where trusting strugglers lock arms with others, to, as together they journey on." I love that trusting strugglers, and so we don't have it down we're struggling through life and and because we're believers doesn't mean we have it all down either 
but we're struggling through life, but we're going to lock arms with one another and we're going to do life together with the messy and the good and the bad. And, and that is the interesting part too. I think I've noticed even within the church and, and when I say that, I'm saying it kind of generally, but, but it's also heartbreaking that when we do, and we do disagree as churches, a lot of times the MO is, and you see it in the church because that's sometimes what causes church splits, is that when we disagree or we don't come to agreement on something, our natural gut reaction is just to leave. I'm just out of here. I'm out of this friend group. And then rather than just walking away with, okay, I'm not in that friend group. And so, yeah, maybe I still think that he was wrong, but I'm just not going to leave it at that. Now I'm just going to attack that person and just kind of, you know, just, just blast them now on social media where I'm going to gossip about them behind their backs. Where, where I think what's missing is, and we see it, and, and I could probably count on one hand how, how many times this has happened, where there was a disagreement and the potential could have been to just leave the friend group or leave the church, but those people have stayed and we work through those. And then some of those people have become really good friends or maybe we still part away, parted ways, but there was still like, I could probably call that person right now and it's, and it's okay. And, and man, we miss that. Now we see it probably more in our marital relationships because that happens all the time, right? Where we disagree and, and um, but we've made a covenant, so we're not going anywhere. So then it forces you to work that out because that's your only choice. Either you can just stay in an unhealthy marriage relationship or you can work it out. And then winds up, what, what winds up happening is that you become more intimate with that person. You become, you know, your relationship goes to a deeper level because of that. And I don't think it's an accident that God uses over and over, you know, um, his relationship with us. And then he uses that picture of the marriage relationship as well. Like it's not an accident, right? Because there's a covenant. You've come together and you've made that commitment. And so you're going to stick it out through thick and thin. And so now he's saying, but I'm speaking concerning the church, you know. And so there's once again, it's an opportunity for in relationships within the church. I think churches would be stronger if we just weren't chicken. And if we were willing to go to one another and talk it out and, okay, we've talked this out. I still don't agree with you, but we're family. Like we're still going to be friends. I think that we're family. I think what happens though is, um, I mean, if you examine any intimate relationship, best friends, family, spouse, Mm. your love hopefully is so deep that you are willing to go through the uncomfortable um, seasons Mm. and and you desire to get to the end of that season still intact with that Mm. person. Um, And so we've been saying so much and it's becoming like the catchphrase and all of this that, you know, the church is not a place, it's a people. Yeah. But in order for that to be true in your own heart, I think you have to take your guard and drop it. Mm. And I think you have to look around and see the unique ways that God has shaped people, um, embrace them for who they are, and then let your life be enriched by how different they are from you. Mm. And as that starts to happen, this bond grows to where what you you would be missing right now is not um, tradition or the way this neatly fit into your schedules on Sunday. Mm. but actual faces of people. Mm. But if you don't allow yourself to get there, I think that that's how you can be like, you know, I'm just not like, I can't stand the, the music that Brian plays at worship. Like I'm out, you know, which 
fair. I mean, I'm not going to predict, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. it, it allows for lesser issues to get elevated to, uh, like, I'm, I'm done, I'm out. And I don't think that happens if you, if you really embrace people yeah. for who they are. And, you know, I, I really couldn't count the amount of times that the Lord has actually spoke to me through one of my non-believing friends. Mm. Like, yeah. like they've taken one yeah. of my non-believing friends and, and something that's come out of their mouth, what, you know, be, 